Geeks and Nerds presents Publishing Insider. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. You're listening to the new Inside Publishing spin-off series, where we talk to publishing insiders to give you an in-depth insight into the secret business of publishing. This series has been extremely popular, and I'd like to thank you, the listeners, for engaging and tuning in. You are here with your publishing insider hosts, Danny V and author Adrian Beck. Absolutely. And wow, this episode, this episode is going to blow everyone away because we are talking to the biggest of the big. We've got uh, Harper Collins with us on this episode. They are Australia and New Zealand's oldest publisher. But uh, that just means they've got a lot of experience, if you ask me. Through the decades, HarperCollins Publishing has been distinguished by a commitment to quality and creativity, plus an innate understanding of what Australians and New Zealanders want to read. Authors and their work have always been at the heart of HarperCollins. And today we welcome Catherine Milne, publisher, head of fiction at HarperCollins. Catherine, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm kind of waiting after that amazing introduction for like the applause soundtrack. (laughs) People going crazy, going, whoa, amazing. I can tell you it's happening in cars as they're listening. It's happening as they're walking their dogs. It's happening. Yep. I've, I've never really had an introduction like that before. That was amazing. I want you to do all my introductions. For I'm happy to do Adrian, that, Catherine. I can follow you around if you like. And, uh, yeah, that'd be great. Whenever you enter a room, yeah. I will, I'll give a bit of a spiel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might Beautiful. regret this, Catherine. <laughs> Just a heads up here. <laughs> so what, is it, what does your role entail then for those that aren't quite sure what a head of fiction okay. might do? What, what are, I'm basically a publisher, first and foremost, and head yeah. of fiction really just... Um, entails a sort of a a level of management, I suppose, of our fiction program. But uh, I'm a publisher. I publish across uh, fiction and and non-fiction, oddly enough. Um, I tend towards the literary in both. And so my role consists of reading manuscripts with a view to acquiring them, once we've acquired a manuscript, I um, I will very often do the structural edit on it. Really? And I sort of step, uh, I guess what I do is I'm like the champion of that book within the program. Mm. And so it all starts in-house, but it is my job to both inform our team, the marketing campaign managers, the sales department. It's my job to inform them about the book and kind of... Um, sell them my vision for the book, if you like, and then that ripples outwards. So then I start talking to um, the sales reps about the books and I start talking to the um, booksellers about the books and finally talk to the readers about the books. So that that's kind of like what I do. I spend a lot of my time talking both in-house and out-of-house about the books and how much I think people are going to love them. So that's kind of my job. I'm there to sell the books make the books, create the books, develop the books, sell the books. That is a big journey, though. <laughs> All of that. That is really yes. huge. Yes. <laughs> but, but, but you need to be, as a good publisher, you need to be across the whole process, yeah. you know. I'm, I want to be the one who talks about the cover. I want to be the one who decides on the, the back cover blurb. Um, I want to be the one who has input into the, the campaign. Mm. and what media we're going to try for and how we present it to booksellers. 
I, I can't imagine anyone else doing that. I'm not going to let anyone else do that for my books. No way. I love that because you obviously have a real sense of ownership over the books that you bring into the into the company. And um, yeah. how does how does that how does that play out when uh, you know, like an author? Pretty much, you do as much as you possibly can, and then you have to see whether this little project flies. Yeah, look, I think if you don't have that sense of ownership, if you're not a hundred percent invested mm. in a book and its success, and I'm not talking about the obvious metrics of success, but if you're not like just you want to get the editing right, you want to get the the, the 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 book reading just right, you want to get the package right, you want to get the promotion right, you want to make sure the booksellers understand what they're getting. If you're not a hundred percent invested mm. in that whole process, then then the book could easily uh, a book requires so much energy to send mm. it out into the world mm. and send it out into the world in the right way with, you know, with all the prevailing winds behind it, mm. do you know? So, and if you're not 100% invested and you don't do the work, then it can just, it can founder mm. and sink. Mm. I, I'm we... using a very nautical metaphor here. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I'm trying not it. to say shipwreck, yeah. <laughs> I think we should stick with it for the rest of the podcast, see how many we can do. <laughs> That's right. Now, Catherine, but just on that process, like how many times would you actually read the book? Like you, obviously you read it initially mm. and then there's uh, the editing process and then yeah. it's just about to go out. I mean, you must get really intimately familiar with these books. That's right. That's right. You read it um, at, at least three times. Yeah. So you read it on acquisition, you read it for the editorial, and then you read it after the copy editing is done. Mm. Um, and that's where, um, in fact, that's where it takes, you know, like what's that phrase, it takes a, a village to raise a child. Yeah. That's why you need, so, why so many people are so vital all the way along the process. Because after a certain time, you stop seeing the, the novel or the book or whatever it is, you're, you're reading what you expect to read. Mm. And so that's why you need the in-house project editor, you need the copy editor, you need the proofreader, you need all of those people to, to, to read it again and pick up what you haven't picked up because you're, you're expecting to see certain things or mm. you, you're just not reading it anymore with that freshness that you once mm. had. Mm. So, yeah, 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 it's... That's that's the tricky part. I would love to have, you know, people say, what magical power would you like to have? And, yes, I would love to have a cloak of invisibility mm, and I would too. like to be able to fly, but I would also like to be able to read books again for the first time. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's a great That's oh. a great superpower. It is. Yes. I'm, I'm going to have to work yeah. that into my wishes when Aladdin oh. finally comes out of the I know. Uh, the I know. <laughs> Particularly when you love a book so much and you, like, I, yeah. I do that with some books. I go back to them every time oh, so I yeah. find that comforting. And, mm. and you're right, yeah. that that you, you still enjoy it and you know what's yes. coming, but that yep. first experience with the book, it's really Oh, sweet. I know. I really I love that. Yeah. I can't believe I've never thought of that before. <laughs> wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's something, to, it says something about the joy of rereading, mm. you know, in a sort of... Um, a context outside of publishing, rereading is joyful. You yeah, know? I think it gives reading. you comfort. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think yeah. in the, the difficult year we had, you know, just gone with 2020, yeah. I think going back to all those things that provided us comfort before, whether yeah. it were TV shows or music or um, books, I think that nostalgia was really necessary to take us back yeah. to a, absolutely. a time perhaps. A safe place. <laughs> yes, mm. absolutely. Mm. I took my fashion back quite a while too, Catherine, and uh, <laughs> so 
some would say it's not a safe place, but uh, it's a work in progress. <laughs> and haircut. But it's comfortable. It's, it's comfortable. comfortable. Oh, I've never been more comfortable. Well, you might regret this when he's following you around in a one. So, <laughs> that's on you. <laughs> Uh, Catherine, I've seen you speak at HarperCollins Literary Bites and you were just so passionate about the books. And I love, obviously, people who are passionate and enthusiastic about books. But how do you know when an author or a manuscript is is right for HarperCollins and right for you? Like, I know it's a difficult question, but what is it? What's the magic? What do you see? Uh, <laughs> shaking her head. I am shaking listeners. my head because I wish <laughs> I had a great answer for you. There is no, there is no magical formula. You know, mm. there is no X plus, you know, Y to the power of whatever. <laughs> there, yeah, that's right. It is, um, you You just know, you've got to have that confidence in, in the book. And it, um, I, I can't, I can't tell you why. I wish I could. It would make my job a lot easier. <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't know. Um but it's like falling in love. Mm. You can't you can't say why you fell in love with your partner or that first boyfriend or girlfriend. It mm. there is, you know, I have it is so personal. And I have read manuscripts and turned down manuscripts that, you know, went on to be published incredibly successfully by other mm. people, um, you know, that went on to win awards. And it just it didn't do it for me. You know, mm. what can I say? I could recognise the quality, but mm. I just, I didn't want to spend hours, days, weeks of my time. Yeah, I just didn't have the love for it. And, and so it's got to be genuine. It's mm. absolutely got to be genuine and you cannot manufacture it. And that's the thing is that I will let you in on a dirty little secret, Ooh, which is in the past I have done what I call pragmatic publishing, you know. Oh, yes. Just not often, but every now and then here or there I go, this book looks like it ticks all the boxes. You know, it's blah topical. It's it does this, it does that. The author mm. is this. They have this social following, and you think, how could I go wrong? <laughs> and then you publish it, and then it's just, it's like I don't know, a souffle that doesn't rise. Really? You no. Know? <laughs> and every time I do it, I swear, don't do it again. Don't mm. do it again mm. because it's not worth it. It just doesn't work. As Does well it, as when it's powered by love. Yeah. Does it ever work though? Can you ever can you ever tick that formula? And sometimes it will work. I can't make that work. Maybe other <laughs> publishers can. Yeah. I can't. I've got this engine inside of me that just goes, "Give me the juice. Give me the real mm -hmm. thing." That's yeah. because you're talking in publishing. You're talking about a book. You might acquire a book. 12 18 months sometimes before you pub well obviously before you publish it mm. you need that time um but you are starting to talk about a book like 12 9 to 12 months out mm. Mm. and that means you've got to keep talking about it yeah. until mm. it's published mm. and that unless it's coming from a really genuine solid place of fervent kind of oh my god you must read this book mm. You know, you can't, it can't keep be that a fling, up. Catherine. It can't yeah. be a fling. It has to be no fling. Love. I love how you've compared <laughs> it right. to love and souffle. Is that my two favourite yeah. things? And nautical. <laughs> so if you could have a souffle yeah. on a pirate ship, yeah. then that's publishing through and through. Yeah, look, pretty much that's my DNA right there. <laughs>
we get you. We do. <laughs> Look, lots of really bad mixed metaphors. I swear to God, I'm a better editor than I am a speaker. <laughs> well, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> now, um, I I want to a bone. I've got a bone to pick with you, Catherine. Um, oh dear. You you obviously published Trent Dalton and uh, mm. Boy Swallows Universe. Big mistake. Big mistake. Um, Tell me, Adrian. Well, you know, uh, I know. Look, Monday's experts and all that. I know, but uh, you you started with Boy Swallows Universe. You could have started with Boy Swallows Street, Boy Swallows Country. Where do you go? Where do you go? Where do you go from Universe, Catherine? I mean, surely in the eighteen months, someone should have put their hand up and said, "Now, Trent, dial it back just a little bit. We need somewhere to go." I'm sorry, you've met Trent, haven't you? You you know that there is no dialing back. no darling Trent back. That's the problem when I get onto the podcast with Trent. We just like go crazy. I'm like, I don't think anyone's going to understand this or listen yes, to this. I have never Not met up. anyone um, who uses more exclamation marks quite mm. genuinely mm. in an email than Trent. This is and the level of life. lovely life. loveliness and enthusiasm and yeah. buoyancy. It's infectious, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Obviously, it was a huge success. We don't even need to mention how huge a success it was. But was that one of those books that you just knew was <sighs> yeah. the one to go true for love. as soon as you read it? Yeah. Was it? Yeah, yeah was yeah, it yeah. True Love on a yeah. Pirate Ship? Yeah, absolutely, totally. Um, yeah. I went to visit uh, Trent in Brisbane um, because yeah. I'd read his um, pieces in the weekend review mag and they made me cry you know I I loved his writing so totally on spec and it's just you know right time right place we had this lovely coffee together in a Brisbane cafe and he I was expecting him to say I've got this non-fiction idea and instead he said to me I've got this idea for this book it's about you know kind of about me and my past and my family and I want to call it Boy Swallows Universe and I said that sounds amazing Mm. send me a piece of writing and so mm. I got back and to, to work and about two weeks later he sent me like two or three chapters and that first chapter is pretty much unchanged from what you read in Boy wow. Swallows Universe now. Yeah. And I, I read it and I kind of put it aside and then I read it a second time and then I thought, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is good. And I remembered... Um, at the very first sales conference we had, Trent reminded me of this the other day, we had a sales conference. We have annual sales conferences um, at HarperCollins and I had to talk about Boy Swallows Universe. And at this stage, Trent hadn't actually delivered the full novel yet. (laughs) (laughs) But I'd read those four chapters and, and I said that reading Trent Dalton is like when you're in the ocean and a wave comes along and you're lifted up off your feet just for this moment you've got this buoyancy this this pull this momentum mm. you're at the you know you're at the um you're caught up in something greater you're caught up in it and i said this is going to be our tim winton this is going to be our cloud street mm. and i said that and i have to say i was right <laughs> she said with a little bit of satisfaction but you know it was like i was taking this huge huge leap of faith because i hadn't read the full manuscript mm-hmm. And I only had those four chapters to go on, but I just knew, I just knew mm. how good it was. And, um, and yeah, but, but even how well it's done. I mean, just amazing. It, I, I thought we would sell 20,000 copies. I didn't realize we would sell 500,000 copies. Mm. It is absolutely amazing. And that must've been, these are the moments that I would imagine as a publisher, these are the moments that you just live for. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, you, look, I, I love this job. I love it. I, um, I love what I do. Um, and there are so many moments in this mm. job that are fantastic. Mm. But, but that is one of the all-time standout moments for me, you know, reading that, that first chapter and thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is a, because it's a fresh voice, you know. Mm. It's, no one else writes like that. Mm. It's in cover, uncovering new storytellers, you know. That, that is just joyful. And that is actually a book that I would like to read again with that yeah. fresh memory. That's yeah, because yeah. of my experience of reading it. And that was funny, Catherine, because I, mm. I picked that up very early on, I think. Mm. And I just picked mm. it up and I started reading it, same as you. And I just went, yeah. this is a special book. Yeah. So what I'm is like, this? I need to contact this man. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were one of the first big champions. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, wow, this yeah. is I think I think this is good. I think this is big. And so, you know, yeah. I just followed the gut sort of thing. Yeah. And um, you know, I went through all the proper channels and no one really got back to me and, I th- and mm. then he he replied something on Twitter saying oh thanks for taking a picture of the book and I'm like oh that's it bam hey do you want to talk to me <laughs> I met enthusiasm with enthusiasm <laughs> enthusiasm squared I love it <laughs> now there are a lot of friends at the pod who are published by HarperCollins Trent mm. and Meg Mason I loved her book so I'm bliss. Oh, my God. Yes, I, I know. I know. I sat down with that book at 5 p.m., ignored mm. my family and my children mm. the entire <laughs> night, went to bed at 2 and didn't stop crying from page 256. I love like, you, Danny. Yes. Was, yes. Wow. Yep. No, I, know. I went to bed I know. at 1 o'clock in the morning, couldn't sleep because the book was just going through my head <laughs> yep. and it ruined the next day, but mm. it was totally worth it. Just, yeah. that book it's something was, about the voice, isn't it? The voice is just so special. Yeah. So special. sharp, you know, just went on a tangent. Um, you know, <laughs> Jackie French, Nikki Gamel, Andrew Datto, Fiona McIntosh, Tara Moss, all these wonderful authors. Is there mm. something that defines a HarperCollins author? Mm. Oh, look, that is such a good, good question. And it is so interesting because it, it makes me think about, um, you know, like how much does the house buy books and authors that then become like a house style or do the, does the publisher's taste become the house style or do we buy knowing what the house will like? I I don't, I haven't figured out the answer to that question yet. (laughs) The thing is, I don't think there is such a thing as a HarperCollins author, Mm -hmm. but I would hope that they have, what they have in common is, is that these are books that you can fall in love with. Um, Mm also reach a wide audience, um, that they are intelligent, they, you know, they sometimes offer transformative, you know, moments. Um, they are emotional and intelligent and heartfelt. So, look, I hope that there is a, a kind of a, a, a HarperCollins, not a seal of approval, but, but, you know, that there is that spark of commonality across all of them, which mm. is that they're just really good and you love them and you read them and you pass them on to someone mm. that you love and say, I think you're going to enjoy this. Mm. I can't tell you how many copies of Boyce Willow's Universe I bought for my friends. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Okay, let's, <laughs> so let's, let's try and distill the essence of a HarperCollins book by saying it's got that, it's got that um, uh, what do you call it, uh, word of mouthness. Ah, yes. yeah, right. 
Okay. Well, speaking of HarperCollins authors, uh, we have a lot of, not only do we have uh, published authors listening, uh, people that are just interested in the publishing business, but we also have aspiring authors uh, yeah. to be published, authors aspiring to be published listening as well. So you know where I'm going with this, Catherine. Um, submissions for the Banjo Prize yeah. are currently open, but they're closing very, very soon. Mm -hmm. So we've got to get people to start typing away. Um, it's for the great stories that are undiscovered. Mm. So talking about all the type of books that HarperCollins loves, is there anything in particular that you're looking for for the Banjo Prize, for all those people that are finishing off their manuscripts? Yeah, the Banjo Prize is all about finding Australia's next great storyteller. Yeah. And so, you know, we're looking for, you know, uh, perhaps more commercial fiction okay. to, or to come out of that uh, that prize. Uh, we've published some really strong books out of that prize and but you know we're still we're still looking for you know the next Kate Morton or the next Matthew Riley or the next Michael Robotham you know fantastic mm. um strong strongly plotted strong characters strong kind of momentum and excitement so that's what the banjo prize is all yep. about um and yeah so yes please anyone out there who's got a manuscript in the bottom drawer and they think that that it's one that might fit that sort of HarperCollins DNA, mm. yeah, submit it. What have you got to lose? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So strongly plotted, strongly mm. plotted, um, mm. commercial skewing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And yes. it's, called, it's called the Banjo Prize. So do you win a banjo? Sadly, no. It's named after our first bestseller. Of um, course, of course. Andrew yes. Patterson. Yes, yes. Adrian's yes. not entering anymore. Because <laughs> he's not getting the banjo. He wanted the banjo. <laughs> but yeah. look, we could throw in a ukulele for you. <laughs> okay, Done. I'm back in. I'm back in, Catherine. You won me over. <laughs> it's not hard to win him over. <laughs> Any sort of small instrument will do it. <laughs> And you were talking about manuscripts before and reading them. Do you just take manuscripts from agents? Um, I know you've got the Banjo Prize, obviously, mm -hmm. which for unsolicited, but how else do you acquire manuscripts? Um, most of, I, I would have to say that most of the manuscripts uh, I acquire come from agents, mm -hmm. um, but also quite a few manuscripts come sort of via friends of friends or mm -hmm. friends of authors um, a few you actually go out and, you know, hunt down for, you know, you, you've come across something that's been written in the newspaper or you come across someone who's written a blog post or you come across someone that, you know, has written something on their website and you think this looks really interesting mm. and, you, and you get in touch and you sort of like start to formulate a proposal. That's more for nonfiction. So, yeah, mostly agents, sometimes competitions, sometimes through, you know, friends of friends or friends of authors, and sometimes it's just serendipity. You know, mm. someone says, oh, look, you know, I know this person, they've written something, can I give them your details? And you say, sure. Would you have any final advice for, for writers? Um, obviously, you've been in the business a number of years, you've seen it all. Yeah. Is there any, would you give it, would you have any final advice for those people that are trying to make a goal of it? Yeah. Uh, look, the advice that I would have to give is you've absolutely got to write the novel that you want to write. I, sorry, that sounds so stupid and obvious, but it is, 
don't write a work of commercial fiction because, um, you know, what's selling right now mm. is hot. You know, you don't, just because Leanne Moriarty is selling incredibly well mm. or Kate Morton is selling well, don't try and mimic them. Don't try and work within the bounds of a, a genre if it's not really calling to you. Mm. Just write the novel that you want to write and make it as genuine and as heartfelt and as pour as much of yourself in it as possible. Don't leave anything off the page. We're not looking for carbon copies of existing authors. Yeah. I don't think any publisher wants to publish the pale imitation of Jane Harper. They mm. want to publish Jane Harper. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want, um, you know, someone to have read The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart and think, oh, I could do that. Mm. You know, I could be the next Holly Ringland. No, no. That novel came from something deep and personal within Holly Ringland. And she wrote a novel of the sort that we hadn't seen before, you know. Uh, same with Pip Williams and, you know, the, the wonderful Dictionary of Lost Words. Write the novel that you want to write that you, in the subject area that you're fascinated by um, and make it as genuine and as real and as authentic as possible. And by surprising yourself, you will surprise us. And that's basically what I look for. I look to be surprised. That's what I'm after. I'm looking to have that jolt of excitement when I think I've not read anything like this before. Mm. I haven't read this plot before. I haven't read these characters before. I don't know where it's going to go. I haven't read this voice before. This voice is amazing. So, yes, that's what I want. I want to be surprised. Mm. Love all of that. So that is much. such good advice, isn't it? <laughs> Makes me want to start writing. I just could have list kept listening to you. All <laughs> I know, <laughs> especially if I win a banjo, it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> ukulele, you get the ukulele. Oh, ukulele. Yeah, my mistake. Okay, <laughs> now, Catherine, um, you may or may not be aware of this, but uh, we end every publishing <gasps> insider. That's right. Yes, yes, you do. We end it with. <laughs> not only do we just end it, but we end it with. <laughs> An anonymous author who has sent us a query yes. and uh, we've disguised their voice and mm -hmm. we put the experts on the spot with it. So are you ready for some anonymous author action? Gosh, this feels like deep throat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How much of a decision is based on the work itself and the person behind the work? It, it is always about the work itself. The author is always secondary to the work. Mm. If we read something and we fall in love with it and then we discover that the author has a fantastic social media following and can speak really well and loves getting up in front of crowds and, you know, has a fantastic personality and people fall in love with them all the time. Mm. That's a bonus, absolute mm. bonus. But if, if the author is not well-known, doesn't move outside their writing garret, is happier talking to their cat or their dog than to a room full of booksellers. It doesn't matter. If the work is good enough, mm. that's what matters. So, you know, like I know that authors are constantly sort of stressing over social media and should I have a profile and a platform and mm. do I really need to go on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or et cetera, et cetera. Um, I would say you don't even think about any of that yet. 
do it if it if if you love doing it or if it's meaningful to you or you've built up a community or you enjoy interacting with others on that platform but don't do it because you feel you have to put your effort into the work that's mm. what matters yeah. so much good that advice. pleases me a lot <laughs> <laughs> It really does. Catherine, this has been an absolute joy speaking to you. Like I said, I've seen you speak at Literary Bites and I've actually always really wanted to speak to you. So this is quite a privilege for me. So This is perfect then. (laughs) And hopefully next year we'll have Literary Bites in the office again. I missed it this year. Yeah, me too. (laughs) And I'll come up there for a special intro if you like, Catherine. No problem at all. That would be brilliant. I, I want you on tap. I want you on call 24 hours a day. No problem. I love this so much. Hey, thank you, Catherine, for sharing all your fabulous insights with, with the listeners. This series has been really, really popular. Thanks to people like yourself that are so generous with your advice. So thank you. Uh, yeah, we've got so much to uh, to digest mm. from that, but it was awesome. So thank you a lot. Really looking forward to editing this because it's about, you know, falling in love and pouring yourself into a manuscript yeah. and books that take you somewhere else. So it's going to be a joy. Hopefully we can, I can listen to it like I've never listened to it before. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your time, Catherine. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you like what we do, come and join us on social media. You'll find Words and Nerds on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter.